I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to The Beat with Jojo Doman. Powered by Husker Online. Nebraska linebacker JoJo Doman gives you an in-depth look at the Husker football program and beyond. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome here to The Beat. Thank you, Johnny Raritan, for bringing us on in to show number four, episode Shout number out. four uh, of The Beat. Sean Callahan and Nebraska super senior linebacker Whew. JoJo Doman. JoJo, it's, it's game week. And, you know, we've got through camp. That's always the hard part. Yeah. And you guys are going to get on a plane, you're going to travel to Illinois on Friday. Yep. You're going to play a football game. I mean, this, and there's going to be fans in the stands. I mean, this, this is – it feels weird, but, I mean, that's a big deal. No doubt. There's fans in the stands. We're playing on TV. They're keeping score. You know, it means something. Um, game week's always fun. Everything matters. Um, from the second you wake up to the second you go to bed and everything in between, like, it all culminates to – to the result on Saturday. So really just doubling down on everything that we're doing, that I've been doing, and I'm just going to let the result take care of itself. And once again, you're listening to The Beat, our proud sponsor of the show, Edgewater Insurance in Real Estate, located from Omaha to Binkelman. It's across the state of Nebraska. Um, they are a great supporter of this program, and we appreciate their support as uh, they make it happen here each week with us being a part of this program. And JoJo, um, you know, you guys wrapped up camp and you kind of got into scout teamwork last week. I mean, what, you've been through a lot of camps. This is your sixth one. <laughs> it's funny to say it's your sixth camp you've been through at Nebraska. I mean, um, what was different about these last three weeks, maybe compared to previous teams that you've been a part of? Yeah, I mean, the difference is, is the momentum that we're trying to build is like the direct – influence and impact that I have on this team and the guys in our locker room like that's the biggest difference for me and and knowing that I'm in that role just you know really means a lot and 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 if when a lot is expected of me I I have you have to deliver um so it kind of touched on it in other shows like when I'm not feeling it like I got to show up and and be the heartbeat regardless you're listening here to the beat Jojo um you know you guys had they voted for captains or announced captains here over the weekend and um, just four captains this year. Um, a couple things jumped out to me just as a common lifelong observer of Husker football. No super seniors are voted captains. There, there's a big group of you guys. Um, but, you know, you're obviously not a captain. I think a lot of our fans on Husker Online were surprised. I mean, there were some guys like Ben Stilley, Cam Jurgens, you know, some really, really good leaders. And I think this is one of those years that – to name four, I knew it was going to be hard. I, I thought you might see more than four. I wrote that a couple of times. I thought, but this is a great year to have six captains. That yeah. They stuck with four. I know you're not one of them, but I watched a black shirt video that was handed out this week. You were one of the guys addressing the team after the black shirts. You are still a leader of this football team, even though you're not a captain. Yeah. I mean, I came back to Nebraska for my sixth year to leave a winning legacy and to spark a positive change in the culture of this program. There's no job title for that. That's a that's an everyday commitment and dedication. Um, you know, the fact that it was so hard 
to decide and that they only went with four, I mean, I guess that's a good issue um, just because we are deep. I mean, our super seniors aren't captains, but they're, they're our leaders and they're, you know, the heart and soul of this program. And, and they've been through, you know, timeline wise the most here. And, you know, we, I speak for all of us, like we don't need the recognition. Um, we're going to show up and, and give our all and sacrifice for this team like we have for this program like we have for the last six years. When I go back to your first year in 2016, um, that was the team that won nine games, went to the Music City Bowl and lost to Tennessee. There was a lot of great seniors, fifth-year seniors on that team, a lot of guys that came in as walk-ons. You know, and Tommy Armstrong was a four-year starting quarterback. He wasn't a captain of that team. Right. I mean, so, I, I mean, you, you did, played on a team kind of like your team now where there was a lot of leaders, and not everybody can be a captain, but – you, that 2016 team had a lot of guys that still led, and, and I, that's what I envisioned for you this year. Yeah, I see a lot of parallels too. Um, the, the leaders lead. Leaders don't need titles. Leaders don't need permission. Leaders are leaders because they have influence and they have impact and because people follow them. So regardless of the title or regardless of the prestige, like we have, we have men in our locker room that love this program and that want to win. And everything else is just noise. And that's where my head's at. And JoJo, black shirts were given out this week as well. As I talked about, you you kind of gave, I mean, at least on the Huskers.com video, you were the guy dressing the team after the black shirts were handed out. I think 12 were handed out. Um, there were a few guys that didn't get them that, you know, maybe some people thought would have, but they, they were pretty conservative as far as how they handed those out. Speak to that process about just the black shirts and kind of the approach that you feel maybe they took this year? Every time I receive a black shirt, it's humbling. And I take a step back and really just try to soak in the magnitude of that. And it's not just a black cloth. It's, it's a movement. It's a mentality. The people that went before me and the people that go after me. And here I am in this moment representing a culture. Um, and that's nothing to be taken lightly and to speak on how they're handed out my sophomore year um, I stepped up towards the end of the year sacked Dwayne Haskins turned the tide of that game and was thrown in a lot of situations I really wasn't ready for and I didn't get I didn't get one uh, Deontay his sophomore year uh, didn't get one so like some of the key guys that have one today when they were younger, didn't, didn't receive one either. So when it comes to these young guys, like bubble guys or guys that are contributing this year that aren't going to be in black for practice, um, they just got to keep their head up and know that it's coming and know that they just have to do, they just need to focus on doing everything in their power to give the choice, to give the coaches no choice. Um, take the choice out of their hand. Make it so apparent that everyone sees black dripping from their jersey. Just they just just energetically just resemble everything a black shirt stands for. And you know I'm excited for those guys because they're gonna prove it on Saturday. You know, and the guys that got it were were established. Were guys that have have been there before and obviously showed something to the coaches where they they feel reliable and dependent on those men. And to the guys that are going to contribute that didn't, they just have to earn that trust and continue to earn that trust. It's a game of trust.
Yeah, I've been around some years, JoJo, where you'll see like 17 black shirts given. I mean, just some un- yeah. in the old school traditionalist fans. I mean, because football in the 90s was different. There weren't nickels and dimes right. and pass rush specialists. <laughs> and, right. you know, and that, it's different football now. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, when it sounds like you prefer it where, hey, you know, let's keep it at 11 or 12 versus coming out with like 18 or 17. Because there are a lot of guys that didn't get them that very well could get them. Uh, yeah, I, that is that is how I feel about it, and and it, it means it means more when there's less to go around. So, just you know, I really I, I even encourage those guys today, like keep your head up. It's a long season, like we're gonna need you. Do not let this define you. This is this is the same thing. Is this your second or third year of getting one? Third, third. Okay. This is no different than not being a captain for me. Uh, to those guys, to those guys contributing, they that recognition means the world to them, but. To put your worth in somebody recognizing you and validating you, you're you're in a wrong place, and that's really hard to accept and to fathom um, at times. But that's ultimately the perspective you must gain to move forward. You know, one guy that got one today that I don't believe has got one before was DeAndre Thomas on the defensive line. Um, was he a first year? I I believe so. I I don't recall, but just seeing a guy like that who has battled some injuries and just. Yeah. Put in his time. I mean, he's he's been around. I mean, he he played on that Diaco defense back in seventeen. He was on the field as a true freshman that year, if I remember right. Exactly. Like I didn't know if 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 you are correct, I didn't know that this was his first year. So what does that tell me? That tells me that DeAndre's been a black shirt, that he's carried himself like a black shirt, that he performs like a black shirt, and now he's just being rewarded for that. And that's how I feel like it should be. All right, you're listening here to the beat and mentioned Edgewater and, and their great relationship here. One of the things, JoJo, we're going to do each week, as we talked about last week, um, Husker Heartbeat. And we're going to spotlight a local charity. Um, Edgewater is going to give, I believe, $1,000 each right. week uh, towards that charity. And this week, I think it's only fitting um, that we start with a, a charity that's very familiar to Husker fans and, and one that's really touched almost every Husker fan around the country. Yeah, I mean, first game out the gates, we're starting with Team Jack with uh, pediatric brain cancer. Um, they help fund and raise awareness for pediatric brain cancer. And I, we chose, I chose Team Jack because I understand how much it means to this state. And growing up in, back in 2013 when, when, when little Jack ran for that touchdown in the spring game, I was back home in Colorado watching that on ESPN relays replays and was just like amazed like that is amazing like the the impact that that had just the the energy I could feel flowing from my tv just like imagine myself there like that's what that's what this that's what life's about it's it's giving back and and impacting people with your platform and and so now to be in this platform and to have the chance to donate and raise awareness to that fund it comes full circle that moment when you think about what made it special was it was so organic. Yeah. And you know, CJ Zimmer, a former fullback on that team, I think he was the guy that suggested let's put him in for a play. Let's have him do something. Damn. And, you know, you didn't have all the marketing brains and all these other people try to like, you know, it just it just happened. Yeah. And then the execution of that moment. I mean, think how hard that is to get a five, six year old kid, you know, that young. Right. 
on that stage to not fall down and, yeah. and to run a legit touchdown in, in the spring game. And it was the thing I'll never forget is Nebraska put that in the final stats. Like he was listed as a ball carrier in the official spring game stat book because it happened as a real play in the game. That's amazing. That's amazing. And yeah, to your point, for a kid that age to run the right direction, not fumble the ball and not trip over himself and to elude all these huge human beings. Yeah, supernatural. That was one of those moments, and, and we're honored to have um, Team Jack be a part of this week's Husker Heartbeat here. And we've got a special guest joining us here in studio, one of the new captains of Nebraska on the offensive side of the ball, Austin Allen, uh, will join us here in studio next. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman. Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman as this segment of The Beat. Brought to you by SNW Fence. Voted best of Omaha uh, four out of the last five years. SW Fence is your best defense in the game. Um, they are your residential contractor and commercial contractor serving the greater Omaha and Lincoln area commercially. That's S&W Fence, a proud sponsor of the segment On the Beat with JoJo Doman. Well, JoJo, we've got a special guest joining us here. It's game week, as we talked about already. Illinois, uh, week zero, and one of the new captains of Nebraska joining us here in studio, Austin Allen, an Aurora, Nebraska native. Take it away, JoJo. Awesome, bro. Thank you for uh, joining me on short notice. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, first and foremost, let's get the record straight. How how tall are you? There's been some discrepancy. They listed me at six eight last year, and now I'm six nine. So people are always ask me if I grew an inch last year, but I didn't. I've just always been six eight and a half, and so people have been kind of flirting back and forth whether to list me at six eight or six nine. But I'll claim six nine. Yeah, we'll take six nine for sure. Um, I mean, it took it took every inch of that six nine to go up and get that Iowa ball. Last year, I don't know if people remember that. Yeah, that one. Uh, the only one, the only thing I remember about that hour game was just absolutely getting crunched on the sideline there when I, I when I got put on my head. But uh, that, I, I do remember that catch. That was a enjoyable game, not favorable outcomes, but um, we'll get that straight. I was right there. I was right there where the DB sit on the edge of the bench, so I had like first class seats for it. <laughs> I saw your toe drive. I know we talked like earlier. And you didn't think you got your foot down. I, yeah. I still don't know to this day. I Once <laughs> it happened and Frost asked me if my toe got down, I told him no. Because right. I, I, I couldn't tell. I couldn't feel. If you look on film, like my foot stops for a second as if maybe it hit the ground for a second. I still don't know to this day. And I, I don't know what to tell you. I'll claim the catch. but Right. Like, I'll take the I don't catch. Know. <laughs> that's, man, that's awesome, man. Well, first and foremost, congratulations on being named a 2021 Nebraska football captain. Uh, right, rightfully so. I mean, there's a, there's a couple guys that that are that are that are leaders and that are deserving of it. But I mean, with you and with you and Adrian uh, taking the reins, I, I'm very very happy with that. And and I just, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, shouting me out like that. But uh, 
I thought this year we were going to do another another five captain thing like we did last year. We had three offensive mm-hmm. guys. Right. Honestly, thought I'll pump you up here. I thought he, I thought you should have been captain, but um, it is what it is. I mean, just because I have the title of a captain doesn't make you any less of a leader. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not going to make me lead anymore. You're still that same great leader on the team, and our team needs needs you on the defense. And um, like same with with Cam Jurgens. I and mean, just because he doesn't have the title of the captain doesn't make him any less of a leader. In the line room, I mean, it's, it's it's a title. I'm grateful for it. Being an in-state kid, it's kind of something you look up um, for as a, as a, as a little kid. Um, and it happened. I'm grateful for it. I mean, with starting in the spring, this last spring, and in the summer, in all the interviews, I've been saying my goal has been to be a captain, and it was just nice to um, for it to, to to come out in the, the works right now. Love seeing our goals come to fruition. So, mm-hmm. like when you set that out for yourself, you started speaking it into existence for it now to be manifested. Like. That's an amazing feeling. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a blessing. Yeah. Now, now just to kind of give people an in-depth um, intro look at, at you as a leader, what would you say your leadership style is? I'd say it's more of a, we use the term in our team times this fall camp, we use the, the Steve Nash um, yeah. analogy, how, how, many, how many high fives he gave in a game. And it was like, get your touches a, in. Ridiculous number. Yeah, get your touches in. I mean... Slap a guy's butt after he makes a good play. Give him a high five. Do get on his head. Um, I think that's kind of my style. Is just more touchy type of leadership. It's not necessarily. Um, I'm not necessarily. I'm not going to say to a teammate, "Go watch me beat this guy's face." And it's, it's I'm going to. I'm going to give you props when when you do something great. I'm going to tell you when you're wrong. Um, and, and and I'm going to be a, a touchy, touchy leadership type of guy. I'm going to I'm going to dap you up when you make plays, and I'm going to dap you up and tell you what you did wrong when you don't make plays. And I think that's kind of my style of um, how I lead. Yeah, I I see that. I see the the it's like that physical confirmation. It's like an exchange of energy of like I see you. I recognize the play you just made, and and that that is leadership. That is that is uplifting the man to your left and to your right. And how about how about tough love? Like, how do you balance, you know, being a leader and being and being like boys with somebody, but also like, you know, correcting them or putting mm-hmm. them there in their place, um, mm-hmm. if need be. Yeah, that's the t- I think that's the toughest thing about leadership is being able to to look somebody you respect a lot in the eye when they're wrong and say, "You're messed up. Get this fixed." I think that's the toughest thing about being a leader, and that's the biggest step I think I need to take. That's the next biggest step. That's my biggest void, so to say, is mm-hmm. is being able to have tough conversations with somebody when they're wrong and you know they're wrong. Um, especially when they're really close to you. Um, I think that, that the big step I'm going to take this year in that, in that area is with the younger guys, just because not necessarily it's because it's easy for me because I don't have a close relationship with them, but I think it's a first step for me to, to take um, advancement in that area is with the younger guy, not fully close with them. And yeah. When they're wrong, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Um, and I think that'll, st- that'll keep growing um, with, the, with, with people I'm, I, I respect more. Um, and, uh, and like I said, that's just the next step I need to take. Right. And yeah, as, as, a, as an emerging leader and, and someone who came back to, to help lead this team, that was tough um, to, look at, to, to look fellow teammates in the eye that are on the same playing field as you and be like, hey, man, like, you're out of line here. Like, I, I need more out of you. Um, show up just as, as simple as show up on time. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and not being afraid to cross that line and maybe hurt their feelings, maybe hurt their pride. But also there's something to be said about how you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. instead of checking somebody or, or taking a shot at them, demeaning them, like just 
just letting them know that you expect more out of them mm-hmm. and that they have that in them. Mm-hmm. I think you took a big step in that area this year, for sure. Um, I, I hear it a lot out of you. Just like, I need more. That's, that's your key, your punchline. Like, I need more out of you. Like, yeah. Because you see potential in people that a lot of people don't see, and, and you demand that out of them. And that's, that's, a, that's something that you say, it, it, you took a big step in that area. I need more out of you because I know you're better than that. Mm. I got chills right now. And it's just, <laughs> I took, I, I'm thinking about who is that guy for me? Um, and it was Bob Elliott with the Diaco staff. Um, who was a Notre Dame coach who passed away while he was here. And we'd only been coaching together for about a month. But this dude that's been around the block, has coached NFL guys, has coached college football at the highest level, like looked at a kid just off his ACL surgeries who hadn't proved anything and said, I believe in you. I see potential in you. I think you can be great here. And as someone who, you know, didn't believe in himself at that time, like that, that took me to the next level of like, okay, like I can do this. Like if he sees it, why don't I see it? And I started searching. Hmm. So that's awesome, man. Um, the next thing I want to touch on is I'd be seeing you at FCA, you know, and Coach Brown be when you be leading us. Um, you're there every time. You're more consistent than I am. <laughs> um, what's your faith like? Yeah, um, I am on the FCA leadership team with with Robbie. I, I know you. I know you know Robbie. Yeah. He, uh, He's taught me a lot about my faith, but I think where it really stemmed from is, was in high school when um, I had an injury that, that didn't allow me to play my senior year of football. And I invested everything I had into football and sports and everything. I put all my chips into sports. And when that was taken away from me, I didn't know who I was, didn't know, didn't know who I had to fall back on, didn't know um, if I was really gonna be the athlete I was ever again. And um, luckily, me, if you know me, I know you know I like fast food. <laughs> so my, one of my my quarterback at the time, he said, "Hey, I know you're having a tough time right now. Let's go get Runza and let's 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 talk over um, youth group." And I said, "Heck, I'm in it for the Runza." So I went and talked to him and convinced me to go to youth group with him. And and and, it, and that's where the root of my faith has really started with going to youth group, having a good youth pastor, um, and that's that that really jump-started me in my faith and, and where I am with the Lord. And that's it's carried on over to Robbie. And Robbie, um, he took me under his wing, and uh, we've been uh, hitting the ground running in all of college. That's awesome, man. I, uh, we're going we're gonna to pick this up where we left off. Uh, appreciate you opening up on us. Sean, take it away. All right. The segment, once again, brought to you by SNW Fence. When we come back, JoJo will pick things back up with Austin Allen. You're listening here to The Beat with JoJo Dolan. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Dolman. Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to the beach. Sean Callahan and JoJo Doman as uh, Austin Allen, uh, Nebraska fifth-year junior. I like to say that fifth-year junior Austin Allen joining <laughs> us here in studio. Uh, this segment of the program brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill. JoJo and I were just in there on Sunday. Um, can't tell you what we were doing in there, but the, the pretty... 
I'll be the one that's going to get a lot of crap for after what comes out of that deal we were taping on uh, Sunday. It'll be, it was a lot of fun, though, um, as Tanner's is a great, great supporter and sponsor here of The Beat. That's right. I mean, it's, it's some top secret stuff, but, I mean, Sean definitely put on a show, and y'all, y'all will find out soon enough. <laughs> okay, well, pick things back up here with Austin Allen. Yeah, to pick up where we left off uh, talking about faith and, and what that means and, and how you – I mean, we just heard about how you um, kind of started maybe – kind of like sparked the flame in you in high school facing adversity not knowing if you'd ever become the athlete that you aspired to be and now you ha- now you're here as a grown man um and you still have that faith and and obviously it's, it's playing some sort of role in your life um this saturday in particular like how how does how does your faith play into how how you perform on saturdays mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's really freed me up to just go and play football because I start to now have the understanding going into like say Illinois that it's it's not anything that I've done on this earth or anything I will do whether I have five touchdowns this weekend or whether I have zero touchdowns this weekend it's not anything I've done but it's what Christ did for me on the cross and that's that's really what fuels me and opens me up to do whatever I whatever God really I mean wants me to do this weekend and that that's yeah that's just really where my headspace is at. It's it's not anything. I mean, I'm going to go out and just compete for the Lord. I'm going to give him my all because he gave it all for me on the cross. And that's 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 really what fuels me and it, what gives me motivation on Saturdays. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. And and not getting our worth from our performance or the accolades or how many touchdowns or tackles or interceptions yeah. that we have that – that our worth is, is in the Lord and is in Christ and that there's nothing that we could do to, to earn that or deserve that. We, we just freely have it because, mm-hmm. because he loves us and, mm-hmm. and, he, and he created this whole thing we call life. So I love that, man, and appreciate you opening up about mm-hmm. it to us. Um, so this hot topic here that, that you, you, <laughs> you play basketball. Mm-hmm. That you played <laughs> basketball growing up and, and with like the Big Ten tournament happening a couple years ago, and you weren't out on the floor. I was just curious, like, did you not get the call or what? Yeah, people always ask me about that. It's, it's, um, they actually called me um, to come play with them. They actually called me twice, the last two years. Yeah, you remember, I remember a couple of years ago when we had like this, the six guys going into the NIT tournament and they, they came calling me asking if I would be willing to be an alternate or be a sub, just be sit on the bench. And I was like, heck yeah, I'll go right. sit on the bench at the NIT tournament. Um, but, that was at the time too. Those the six I can't remember what they called them, but those six guys kept winning games. And yeah, they, yeah, and they kept making moves in the Big Ten tournament, and they had had it all set up for me to to go with them. I was going to fly out on whatever day, and the day before I was leaving, they called and said, "We got a good vibe going on now with the six. Like we don't want to ruin that by bringing in an outside football player." And I was like, "I respect that. It's cool, but it's been a cool experience." So going into the next year, the year Noah and Brant Banks got the travel, right. People ask why wouldn't I like why didn't I go and and it was actually a month after I had my shoulder surgery and they didn't right. know that so they came calling and said hey like we need you to come play and I was like heck yeah I totally would I just had my shoulder surgery though and I don't <laughs> think Frost would like that so two kind of bum deals for me I mean it would have been really it would have been really cool to go play basketball because I love playing basketball I miss playing basketball but it's I mean two things I can't really control so right. the gear did, you, did those guys get to keep all their gears everything Noah sh- sends me pictures of his his jersey <laughs> hanging on the wall all the time that it's right like, there yeah. is worth it yeah absolutely yeah that's swaggy I would have done it for the gear <laughs> that's right 
now yeah knowing you i mean that first year where the six men were on a roll because i remember seeing that like holy smokes like we're really yeah we won what was it two or three games mm-hmm. um yeah knowing you you would have been a great addition to that team they probably could have really used you um but yeah i totally get the vibe of of just wanting to keep the good thing going and speaking of noah vedral uh tap into y'all's relationship where that started and mm-hmm. what y'all been through yeah we, i actually i played aau ball with noah starting back in like seventh grade so i've known noah for a really long time he's a competitor and i've known that ever since he went down to ucf and he was i mean he got reps as a true freshman down at ucf and um he loved frost staff and he loved what they were doing so he traveled back here to nebraska and sure enough i was here and so it was good to reconnect with him there um and then everybody knows the battle with him and adrian who's gonna get the starting job and whatnot and so everyone knows how that worked out and adrian got it and i knowing noah and who he was i knew he he didn't want to be a backup so Mm -hmm. he transferred and he he thought it was the best thing for him to do at the time and He's now the Big Ten. He's now a starting quarterback in the Big Ten, and yeah. he, I think he made the right play for Noah. And he's out there competing, and he—it's good to. It was good to play him last year. Not play him. He wouldn't play him, but it was good to see him last year at Rutgers and, and see uh, the team that he's leading now. Um, so I'm honored to know Noah, and he's 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 out there doing good things with Rutgers. So um, I wish him the best of luck. Yeah, I respect that move, but. Damn, I wish he could have. He would have stayed. Yeah. He he made everybody better. I mean, I, I remember going against him in practice day in and day out, and he he, he was methodical with his reads. He he was sneaky, athletic, mm-hmm. technician, and, and, and he had he an arm. Yeah, just mm-hmm. he's a baller. Um, like you said, I wish he would have stayed selfishly, but right. Um, I mean, I think he did what's best for him, and more power to him. Yeah, power to him, man. He uh, I hope I hope he leads Rutgers to a winning season this year and does his thing, but. Um, trying to go off on a, on a different note here, kind of just talking about somebody, somebody who's influenced you in, in, in life or in your football career or whatever that, that to this day, like you feel you wouldn't be in this position of being a 2021 Nebraska football captain if it wasn't for this person influencing you in some way. I think there's two people that come to mind. One's my dad. I mean, he walked on here in the eighties. I don't know what year, a long time ago, walked on here was on the team for a year and then he transferred to Doan which is back home where he was from Crete um, and he played football and basketball mm. um, he's just a competitor there's a story he he played Peru State in football that afternoon caught the game winning touchdown and then that night they played Peru State in basketball and he hit the game winning free get out of here yeah, in overtime so like he's a competitor and I think that's where my competitive nature stems from um, and the next person I would say is probably my my head football coach in high school he just he 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 really made me aware. He made me he made me the best athlete I could be. He he gave me all the tools. He he showed me ways I could use my basketball skills in football and football into basketball. And like yeah. he he like on a route like we have what was called a scat route at the time. He said just be a basketball player, go in there, post up, be a big big target, and we'll fit it in there, uh, box the guy out really. And he just he allowed me to see my potential on the football field, and it it. it um, he really, he really gave me, he really took my training wheels off really in, in, mm. in, in athletics. And I'm thankful for him for that. And like I said, the two people, my dad and my, it, giving me my competitive nature and my coach giving me um, the athletic training, taking off my athletic training wheels. Yeah, no, I see that. The, you definitely, you box me out all the time. You did today <laughs> when you're lined up at X and you ran a, you ran like a 15 yeah. yard dig. Yeah. 
yeah. And I just had a feeling you weren't going vertical. I don't know. <laughs> you were running right at me. Yeah, you yeah, you sat on the inside and cheating, but uh, <laughs> cheating of grabbing and <laughs> no, it, it's it's a joy going against you every day in practice. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna be going against anybody better, like in the big right. team, you know? Like it's you get me better every day and I hope it's the hopefully it's likewise, yeah. yeah. I mean your your speed, you're getting in and out of breaks and your hands are have all improved I don't know about your hands they've always kind of been good but yeah like you said like going against you in one-on-ones like I wait for 11 every time we line up for one-on-ones like I wait for 11 to go up yo Austin when you're going and he's like I'm out I'm, I'm next or I'm actually done and I'm anytime he's done I'm just like okay I'm done <laughs> and then yeah whenever we're in man I'm lined up over the Y and that's always a good battle going against yeah, you buddy it's 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 a battle for sure and it's getting us both better so yeah I'm grateful for it i'm ready to i'm ready to take this aggression and this competitive spirit out on somebody else that's for sure that's right I, no more no more blocking jojo dorman every day for the last month it's it's time to block some some illinois guy right it's time to plant somebody that's right well, this has been fun, Austin. We appreciate you coming up. I know it's game week. It's Monday. It's Illinois. Um, everyone's excited to, to get going, but we appreciate you taking some time with us up here on Monday. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been fun. You got it, bro. Thank All you. All right, much more to come. This segment, once again, brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill. You're listening to The Beat. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. It was great to have Austin Allen in studio as uh, we work our way through this game week. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, lots of questions, JoJo. So we're, we're going to do two mailbag segments. I get a lot of feedback, and people like the mailbag. They want to hear what you have to say and interact um, with the fans this week. I like the mailbag. Let's interact. Let's get after it. I love these questions. Love sorting through them. Even the ones I can't answer, I, I, still, I still glance over them. So Okay, so the first question, beyond yourself, who do you see making the biggest jump and getting the Blackshirts pass rush back up to Nebraska standards this season? Yeah, I see a few guys. Um, Caleb Tanner stands out a lot. He had an unbelievable camp. Um, he's, he's really honed in on his technique, and, and he shows up every day and has been consistent. So if he can keep that consistency up this season throughout the year, I mean, he's going to be a force to reckon with. You think, I mean, Cam, how much has Cam grown? You've been with him all four years here. And, Caleb? Or Caleb, yeah. Sorry, how much has he grown in that time? Yeah, I think he's put on, I think he's put on like upwards of 15 to 20 pounds. He was, he like, he was literally like 200 pounds at, at one point. And now I think he's up to 220 and he's taking his nutrition serious. I mean, I see him in the training table and he just got this boatload of food so i know he's force feeding himself and honestly hat off to him for doing what he needs to do yeah that position in the big 10 you can't be light or light i mean you're going right. against some big tackles um next question here in the mailbag we have talked about the coaches and players fixing the culture within the program how can the fans improve the culture around the program if you had to give some advice to husker fans what would you tell them to improve the culture i love this question i for real love this question um yeah, I mean, I think the overall morale of, of Husker football is based on 
the fans' reaction. I mean, if 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 we win, if if Huskers win, isn't there like upwards of like fifty grand more revenue just around Lincoln, just at local places and restaurants and places? So like, Tanner's was telling us, yeah, win versus a loss. I mean, just every place. When you go to church on Sunday morning, people are in a better mood. There's probably more money going in the collection basket, right? <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think just not bad mouthing or bashing or jumping off the boat or any of those things like you know we're just college students wanting to represent this program to the best of our ability and and honestly if we don't have men in our locker room that are that are humble and that are hungry and that want to develop and that want to you know restore um and win restore this program and win games and compete then we got to get better dudes in our locker room so just just know that that the young men of this program are doing the best they know how and that as a fan just understand that try to put yourself in their shoes and and and, you know obviously we all want to win you're listening here to the beat brought to you by edgewater insurance and real estate taking questions in the mailbag here from husker fans this week jojo um, another question here is you know as for the fans not having the national respect it hurts when They see Pat Forty popping off in an article about Nebraska. It hurts. You know, when you see these national guys teeing off at the program at Frost, the fans take that personally. Question is, as players, does that get to you guys? Do you see some of that stuff? Do guys read it out loud in the locker room? I mean, when when there's a hit job done at Nebraska, like what's kind of the mood in the locker room on that kind of stuff? Well, those – I feel like that only happens because – we were we were the pinnacle of college football at one point so obviously like people were down right now relatively to where we were and people want to keep us that way people don't want to see nebraska succeed again people don't want to see the Cornhuskers rise to the top because they knew how they felt when we were at the top so they're going to do everything in their power to not feel that again and to keep us down and then when it comes to responding to that type of criticism or backlash or whatever it is like you just got to as a fan, like put your pride aside. Like why, why, why are you so hurt? Um, put your pride aside. Just understand that that time was that time, and that you relished that those moments, and that it, it was what it was. But also, you know, I mean, now you're getting the opportunity to to show how much you bleed red by by supporting this program and this team. Like at a at a point where we're not winning championships. So, I mean, it's it, I guess it's really challenging you guys to be all in still, uh, win or lose, like, like you, like you clichely say we do. Um, and it's just, now here's an opportunity to do it. You've gone up against the ones in practice a lot this year. What's the biggest difference you've seen maybe compared to previous years, obviously don't get into the formational stuff and, and kind of what they're going to bring out new, but what have you seen differently just from this group? I see our quarterback really commanding out there and getting guys lined up making the reads and making some phenomenal throws um some off balance off platform throws that i'm like wow that's a nice play and uh i'm also seeing we have we have more vertical we have more vertical threat this year than we have in the recent past you know i'm really excited about wyatt lever um sleeper there isn't he extremely everyone's sleep on Wyatt. i'm not sleep on Wyatt. i'm expecting big things out of wyatt um we need to get we need to get some guys healthy. We need to get some guys in tune with um, what we're doing and consistently showing up. And 
you know, once we once we get all that going and we're firing all cylinders, like we're gonna be a force to be reckoned with. But this first game is gonna be a telltale of where we are right now. Like there's no hiding there's no hiding this first game. Like we are what we are, they are what they are. It will be exposed. It will come to the light. Now the guy that asked that question, he was the one a couple of weeks ago that wanted to know who the biggest slob was on the team. <laughs> did did you have any more thought on who the biggest slob is on the Husker football team? Dude, I mean, shit, we're all slobs to an extent. I mean, all right, I'll give, I'll give you something. Brock Bando after practice, bro, <laughs> is just a sweat ball, and he's my, he's two lockers down from me. So I, you know, I give Brock some a hard. Lincoln time. Southeast, Lincoln native, Brock Bando. All right, there you go. We got, we got it out of JoJo, who the biggest slob was here on the Nebraska I love football you, team. Recruits often speak of Nebraska football fans being enthusiastic after being exposed to the enthusiasm for a while. Does it ever become exhausting? Just like the level of, I mean, I don't know what I want to like where people want to know everything, you know, like every little, like I call the fan base in Nebraska nickel corner fan. They want to know the nickel corner is the dime. I mean, they want to know every little nugget possible about the team. And it's a little different than most places you go to. Yeah. I would say, I mean, the positive, the positive energy never gets old. I mean, there was, we had a Team Jack, patriotic brain cancer of run people come to our walkthrough last Saturday. And we were having a ball just talking to everybody. And, and they were all, you know, they had, they were all coming from a good place and, and just wanted to support us in whatever way that they could. That never gets old. I think the stuff that does get old is the repetitive negative energy. Um, you know that that's judgmental that's that comes from a place of pride like come on bro if you if you can do any better come come strap it up and, and do better for us all right final question here in this first segment of the mailbag who is a player and you already mentioned white lever so try to go someone else if you can that's that made maybe the biggest step forward for you in fall camp offense our defense or both yeah white lever um <laughs> you got anyone else i'm doubling down on wyatt uh i'll give you another guy Honestly, I'm really excited about Quentin Newsom um, in that second corner spot. Um, you know, he's stepped up. He's maturing. He, I think he's realizing the magnitude and the opportunity that, that he has. And he's going to have to make some big boy tackles, crack replacing, cover three, first nub tight ends. Like, and I've been trying to help him out with just understand you're 190. They're going to run the ball downhill at you. Like, don't be surprised when they do step up to that challenge and coach fish is getting him right and he's had you know similar stories and situations in the league that he's shared with us so i'm really you know i'd probably say a cue all right well we're going to pick this back up here much more to come in the mailbag you're listening to the beat with jojo doman you're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman. Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Final segment here of The Beat with JoJo Doman and Sean Callahan. This segment of The Beat brought to you by Gary Michaels Clothiers on 56th and Pine Lake Road. They are the official outfitters of The Beat. 
they also own Big Red of the Rockies in Estes Park and uh, hooked up JoJo with one of the uh, Big Red of the Rockies hats when they yep. were up here a couple weeks ago. So uh, check out Gary Michaels' clothiers. They're actually going to outfit the entire Nebraska football team. They fitted you guys for suits um, a couple weeks ago, right? They did. Yeah, they're going to get us. They're going to get us ready to go. I don't know when that's going down exactly, but. When it does go down, we're going to be looking sharp. Gary told me there were a couple sizes that they had to really uh, search right. the country to find. Um, Teddy. T- Jimmy, or what's the, what's the kid um, from California? Jalen Weaver? That's right. <laughs> so some big suit coats they had to find. But let's get back in the mailbag here as we wrap up this um, Illinois Week edition of The Beat. One of our more astute uh, posters on Husker Online asked this question. Do you ever think the diverse roles you're asked – to assume on the field constitute a separate position in the defense, or is it more accurate to describe you as playing several different positions and swinging among them while staying on the field? Yeah, I think, no, I think the most accurate way to describe it is that I play different positions. Um, Right now I'm working a lot of, you know, four down Sam Nickelbacker and I'll be asked to play three down Sam outside backer. And those are two different positions. One, I'm playing in a six tech on the line. Another, I'm playing off the ball. And, you know, at the end of the day, I guess football is just football. So to go back on my answer, I'd also just say there are the same positions. Like football is football. Like, you know, it's, it's really helped me develop as a football player and, and understand the game better. And, you know, when I'm at that next level, when I go to the next level, I'll be more prepared for it because of my experiences here. And then the coaches have asked the same uh, question here, same user, um, talk a lot about Javin Wright, Buddha, and Isaac Gifford being guys that could back you up. Um, but, I mean, do you see them playing that role down the road, or is it is their skill set different where, the, you know, the, it could be a challenge just to say, let's put you in Isaac Gifford to do everything JoJo had to do this last year? Yeah, that – they're they're different prototypes so nickel wise in the four down spacing we can do a lot of the same things um no doubt about that i think both those guys can can fill that role it's it's more of the the three down sam outside backer that i'll be asked to play at some point this year um versus those 12 personnel teams where those those guys do not fit that prototype and we'll have we'll have we'll have to bring in Outside backers, real outside backers. A true nickel maybe at times or just somebody that can cover more and, and handle all the different coverage assignments? Yeah, and I mean, they're they're clear. I guess it's more in the run game, um, I'd say. Like versus Iowa, I'm, I'm in a six tech. I'm supposed to, you know, I'm getting cut out of the C gap versus a dude that's got unbelievable technique at Iowa and Wisconsin that literally produced these guys. And I have to keep my leverage and, and not get knocked off the ball. And that, that's tough. And then uh, another question here, which one of your teammates do you think could be a really good coach, whether it's college or NFL? I know some mm. former guys, like I've heard Noah Vedrill, people have talked about him being a coach someday, and, and Cade Warner I've heard, heard was a guy like someday could be a really, really good coach. But any current guys on this team right now that you're like, dude, he's a coach. Like he's a coach right now. Man, let me go through it. Let me go through it. Honestly, Marquis Step strikes me as a guy that will that will coach after his playing days are over. He's, He's really left an impression on you, I take it. I mean, yeah, we yeah we're uh, we got close in the spring. I I guess I uh, I took a leap of faith and just wanted to get to know him. Like as a new guy, I just wanted him to feel welcome to Nebraska, and our relationships just took off. It's become more 
natural and genuine just the more we've gotten to know each other so yeah that's a i'm definitely rooting for that guy this year and we're gonna need him um i'd say possibly vocalek i mean his dad was a coach and he he loves the game and he knows the game well and wouldn't be surprised if he coached let me let me keep thinking because i mean are you gonna coach <laughs> not at the collegiate or professional are you gonna level. sell like medical supplies when you're done playing football someday um i might i might do that at some point too but i don't see myself as like a one-stop shop kind of guy i'll i definitely want to coach my kids in all in all sports um want to instill hard work and discipline and dedication into them at a young age but when it comes to career wise like i honestly i want to do mission work at one point i want to and i want to come back and, and build a athletic facility a massive athletic facility a training facility with all sorts of you know rehab and prehab and natural holistic healing remedies um the whole nine and that's been kind of like a big dream of mine and you know, however I get there, however that manifests is, is God's plan and is in God's hands. And I've surrendered to that. And, um, and that's why, like, I'm so doubled down on this football career because that is what I am sure of, that I'm here to play football and to, and to impact people and to grow as a human being through this game. And, and here I am. All right, you guys will travel to Champagne on Friday for this game. Give us an idea, first of all, the routine on Friday. And it's done a little different. You guys, I mean, I, when I first started covering Nebraska, like they'd land on Friday and they'd go do a walkthrough in the stadium. And, you know, we'd interview the coach sometimes at these walkthroughs. This is a long time ago. And then it's kind of got, oh, we do the walkthrough or don't even go to the stadium. You guys do a practice in Lincoln no matter what. That's right. Like even like before you go to Rutgers, you're going to practice in Lincoln then you get on the plane and go, and then, I mean, do you have the same roommate every road game? Who's your roommate on the road? Just give us a little <laughs> insight. Are you ordering a movie? What are you doing in your room at Champagne on a Friday night? Man, do you want to know? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> do you? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so we have Fast Fridays. We call them Fast Fridays where we, we're breaking a sweat, and, and then we got a meal at the stadium. You got to bring all your stuff, bags packed to the stadium. And after Fast Friday, shower up, grab to go, jump on the bus, head over to Lincoln Airport, jump on the plane. Um, usually on the plane, I do I do breath work or I do a movie and I just listen to usually like my worship playlist and just kind of really just center myself. Um, I don't I don't love planes. I don't love them, <laughs> but I do. But I obviously I have to do them and then. Once I get, once we get to, once we touch down, um, it's meals, it's meetings. We do all our meetings in the hotel. So we usually have about two hours of meetings in the hotel. It's like five o'clock at night when you usually get to the hotel, right? It's, right. it's not real early. Right. We meet from like six to eight and then we eat before, have meetings and then we got a snack afterwards and, um, I'm looking to create some new team routines and uh, this year in the in the hotel just to get all our minds right and get us all kind of synced up and ready to go with the right mentality. So that would be interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, and yeah, try to get to bed early, um, wake up and and make it happen. Now, um, kind of a off topic one. We'll end it on this one. Who is the scariest current or old Nebraska coach 
that you played for that on the staff. Oh. Oh my god. Was there ever a guy, like a guy even like you go back to even like your true freshman year when you were like just a young pup that just intimidated you that you were just like, Man, I, I can't screw up in front of this guy. Yeah, it was Trent Bray. The dude who brought me here was was such a disciplinary and expected the utmost out of not only his position group, but the guys he specifically recruited. Um he cared more about my classes than I did. He cared more about how I was doing and what I was doing outside of the facility than, than I was like consciously thinking about. Um, he was, he was really invested and that, and he did it in a stern way. Like he almost had that father figure energy of like, I don't want to let this dude down. Cause I know he's going to ask me if I'm doing these things, these things, right. And I just got to do these things so that, I don't have to look that man in the eye and, and, and have the repercussions of being like, uh, no, I didn't get around to it or no, I didn't go to class or no, I didn't get that assignment done. That's gotta be the tough thing about coaching changes. You see a lot of just good people that do their jobs really well and it's out of their control. I mean, like Trent Bray obviously had yeah. to move on when, yeah. um, when they, they made a coaching staff change, but I've been around, unfortunately a lot of fired staffs in Nebraska and a lot of guys like Bill Bush is back, you know, and he's, uh, analyst now behind the scenes but you know guys that are really good coaches really good recruiters and this is out of their control but you know yeah you hear a lot of good stories about Trent Bray and just the impact he had on guys in the three years he was at Nebraska yeah and then for just I'd say when to build on that when you get coaches changes and then new recruiters come in and recruit their guys like guys have to those coaches I would encourage those coaches to take just as much time that they're taking on recruiting new guys here to getting to know the guys that they have sometimes that gets overlooked it's been overlooked um in some facets here just through my experience just in general and to build a program you just got you got to know what you got and you got to bring in the future well Jojo safe travels out to Champagne. I'll hopefully see you out there uh, I don't know yeah. what our setup's going to be before or after the game but Definitely, we'll be back here after Illinois. Hopefully, talk about a win. That's right, man. Uh, it's already written. It's already taken care of itself. We've already put in all the preparation. It, it, the game's already been won or lost, and we just have to. We get to go discover that result and let. It, and it's going to unfold the way it's supposed to. So hopefully, I'll, I'll definitely see you there, and um, hopefully, hopefully, we'll have a dub underneath our belt building this momentum, building this thing where, where we're envisioning it to go. Thanks for listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Join us for another show next week, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.